0: Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Kathy Kaye, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, April 21st, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 30, more about alcoholism, the very first paragraph. Today's readers are Karen C. on the 12 Steps, Zakia J. on the 12 Tradition, and reading the text are Christine K., Linda R., and Chrissy G. Our newcomer greeter is Linda R., and leading the second hour is Maura Z. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Yes, I don't seem to have the code from yesterday. Yes, I do. The code for Thursday, April 20th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 9858, and the 10 a.m. meeting is 9859. OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. I will now ask Karen C. to read the 12 steps of OA.
1: Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. Uh, this is Karen C. from Indiana. I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. Step one we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Step two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Step three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Step four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Step five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being. The exact nature of our wrongs. Step six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Step seven, humbly ask Him to remove our shortcomings. Step eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Step nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so would injure them or others. Step 10, continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for a knowledge of His will for us and the power to carry that out. And step 12, Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to alcoholics and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thank you, Kathy, for letting me do service, and um, I passed.
0: Thank you, Karen C. Zakia J., read the 12 positions of the way.
2: Thank you so much, Kathy. This is Zakia J with the Overeaters Anonymous 12 Traditions. Tradition one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Tradition three: the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four: each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups about o- or OA as a whole. Five: each group has but one primary purpose: to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse finance or lend the OA name to any related faculty facility or outside enterprise. Least problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. 7. Every OA group ought to be fully self supporting, declining outside contributions. 8. Overeaters Anonymous shouldn't rem- someone's unmuted, please. Eight. Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine. OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service board or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten. Overeaters Anonymous have no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name would never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you so much for allowing me to serve.
0: Thank you, Zakia J. How our meeting works. then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 30 more about alcoholism and we will begin with the first two paragraphs and I will ask Christine K to get us started.
3: Good morning, This is Christine K from Raleigh, North Carolina. Most of us have been unwilling to admit we were real alcoholics. No person likes to think he is bodily and mentally different from his fellows. Therefore, it is not surprising that our drinking careers have been characterized by countless vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. We learned that we had to fully concede to our innermost selves that we were alcoholics. This is the first step in recovery. The delusion that we are like other people, or presently maybe, has to be smashed. Um, I'm going to set my timer. I'm Christine K from Raleigh, North Carolina, recovered compulsive overeater, and there is just this is such an amazing paragraph, and I really prayed to say what would come from my heart and be of most um, use to other people that are suffering today. Um, I have this highlighted and underlined and I have notes written. And um, what stands out to me is I spent 40 something years trying to convince myself um, that I was not a compulsive overeater. And I, you know, I came into OA in my early twenties, but I really just wanted to be thin. I didn't, um, I didn't want to do the steps. I didn't want to hear about anything else. I just wanted to be thin. And and the first time around it happened pretty quickly. I was in my early twenties. I'm pretty active and so I just used it as a diet program and I kept returning to food over and over and over. And the idea that someday somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. I never understood that. And um I didn't want to think that I was bodily and mentally different from his fellows because I had this superior attitude like, well, see, I can lose weight. I'm not that bad. I'm not that different. I can have a little once in a while. I never understood that I was mentally different from his, from my fellows. And, um I couldn't, I just didn't know how to fully concede. I always had in the back of my mind, I can beat this. I can do it. I'm going to find the right diet. And, you know, I pursued that until, up until last year. Um, I came to this meeting um, and listened and felt better, but then I would go out and binge because I wouldn't change anything. And it was finally when i when I called and and said, "I need help," and somebody reached out to me and said, "I'll take you through the doctor's opinion." I had no idea what that meant, but I was like, "Okay, because all of you guys sound really good." and um, you know, my sponsor kept asking me, "You know what are the things you've tried, and do you have any other tricks up your sleeve? Are you done?" And I was like, well, of course I'm done. I'm calling you. And, and she said, no, I want you to really think, are you done? And I had to really think about that. You know, do you think you're really a compulsive overeater? And, and I had to finally let go. And then when that sponsor led me through the doctor's opinion and the first, you know, 164 pages, I finally understood that I was bodily and mentally different. And uh, there was no controlling this, this disease. And um, uh, I'm trying to stop my timer. And, and that's three minutes for me. And I just want to say that I'm so very grateful for this program and the changes in my life have been nothing uh, short of amazing. So thanks for letting me share and I pass.
0: Thank you, Christine K. Who would like to share in what was just read? Nessa Matt R. F. F. Matt, M. Matt, Matt M.
4: Matt M. P.
0: Matt M. Okay, um, let me tell you who I have so far. I have Nessa R., Tina S., Matt M., Larry K. Who else? Dorita P. Dorita P., I heard someone else behind Dorita.
5: Harlan
0: G. Harlan G. Okay. Jackie B. Okay, we're going to stop there. I got you Jackie B. And then we'll take another round afterwards. So we have Nessa R., Tina S., Matt M., Larry K., Dorita P., Harlan G., and Jackie B. Please go ahead, Nessa.
6: Thank you. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Nessa R, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Uh, I, whenever I read these words, you know, trying to enjoy, simultaneously trying to control and enjoy my eating, reminds me of the many times, you know, fists in bags or boxes saying to myself, tomorrow it will be different. Tomorrow I will do it. Tomorrow, will be the beginning of the rest of my life and of course the the implication there was but now now i'm going to binge my brains out and that delusion that tomorrow was going to be different allowed me even if for just that one moment to actually enjoy my drinking under the delusion that i had it under control because tomorrow of course it was going to be different but that is a delusion you know delusion is is a lie that we tell ourselves in order to make, or make ourselves feel so better. You know I cannot eat on the truth. I cannot say to myself well i 'm going to have this binge now, and tomorrow tomorrow's going to be the same as today tomorrow i 'm going to make a million promises, not still not fulfill any of them, continue binging my brains out all the way up to two hundred pounds um, and maybe even more. If I said to myself that i mean I don't know that I'd be able to eat on that lie. But when I tell my uh, – on the truth, that when I say to myself a lie, tomorrow will be different, tomorrow will be better, that I can eat on and I can enjoy my binge. And, of course, tomorrow never came because it was always tomorrow for me. And that's why that delusion has to be smashed. And when I think about smashing something – I think about I don't know like a piece of pottery that I smash into like a very found fine powder so that it can never ever ever be put back together again you know the um the um the big book says in so many places in these readings that that we do in uh, uh chapters two three um four, and five. It says, you know, we have to abandon our old ideas. And that's an idea that I really had to let go of, an idea that I really had to smash beyond the possibility of, of uh, rehabilitation. It was that tomorrow it's going to be different because tomorrow was no different. If tomorrow had been different, I wouldn't be here. You know, I wouldn't be here every single morning of every single day. Um, so with that, I pass. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Nessa R.
0: Tina S. Please go ahead.
8: Thanks, Kathy, for your service. Tina S. Recovered compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Wow, some good stuff. Uh, uh, thanks to the to the reader, I could really uh, relate to uh, nothing short of amazing. My life is today, and uh, a life beyond my wildest dreams. And you know, I really love this this chapter. You know, I I buy in when I read this. Uh, that. I'm all in, you know, and and I like that it talks about, you know, because my career was certainly characterized by countless, too many to count, vain attempts to eat like a normal person, you know, and and also, you know, it's it's just amazing to me when I tried to control my eating, there was no way I can enjoy it, you know, and when I enjoyed it, there's no controlling, you know, and and you know I I am I am no different. I am definitely an abnormal eater. You know, and, and the insanity was certainly there. You know, um, I, I, I welcomed the uh, going to the psychiatric ward. You know, when I got there, I wasn't so happy. You know, and I thought, well, you know, maybe I'll try this OA thing. But, uh, you know, if I had continued in the disease, certainly I would have died. I would hope to die. I did hope to die. Maybe I would have lived in the disease. But, you know, I, I'm I'm real grateful that one day at a time, you know, that, that I have this opportunity when I fully conceive. You no know, complete defeat you know and it took me a while to get that you know it took me a while you know and um and and incomplete defeat you know i'm 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 certainly 100% step 1 i'm ready for the solution which is you know steps 2 through 12 you know and i got to do the work so i'm grateful to be here grateful that i belong
0: and uh thanks that will pass thank you Tina S Matt M please go ahead
4: Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. This is Matt M., Compulsive Overeater from New Jersey. The idea that somehow, someday, he will control and enjoy his drinking is the greatest such an every abnormal drinker. For me, I have a lot of weight to lose, but I always thought that I can find the perfect diet or find the one way from diet guru or some place to go where I can lose the weight and still continue eating compulsively. I didn't want to admit that I was a compulsive overeater because that would mean I'd have to give up everything I used to love to eat. But did I really love to eat all that stuff? Because after the first bite, I really tasted the food anyway going down until it was all gone. And when it was gone, when my stomach was full and sick to bursting, I didn't taste the food. so But I forget. in my mind, my mind told me, oh, it'll be it'll be better next time. You'll enjoy it next time. And I never did, never do. And um, I didn't like to concede to my animal self that I was a compulsive overeater. But I do now. So that is the first step towards my recovery. I'm working with a sponsor and trying to get through these steps so I can get recovered. And it's not easy because the food is calling to me right now. It wants me. It wants me back. It wants me to go back into its embrace like it's like a lover. Like it said, I heard someone read before a letter from your addiction, and it's true. It wants to take everything good for me. It wants to take my life. It wants to take my friends, my family, my everything. And I know that no, and I'm like a real compulsive eater. I never will ever gain control over the food. There's certain things I have to leave out of my life forever, and it sucks because sometimes my brain tells me you need this food, you need to go back to eating this, and I really don't. Believe me, I've I've ruined myself on food. I've had my chance to eat every single thing in the book. I've done it. I've tried everything, everything under the sun. I don't need to try it again, and I'm just grateful that you know. I know that if I continue down the path and go back to the food, my life will get worse, never better. It doesn't evolve. And I'm just glad that I don't have to do that today. I don't have to get worse. I can start to get better. once with that all best.
0: Thank you, Matt. Um, Larry Kay, please go ahead.
9: Thanks, Kathy. Can you hear me okay?
0: <laughs> I can. Thanks.
9: Okay, great. Larry Kay Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. You know, um, <clears throat> you can be a smart person, but still be utterly delusional. That was uh, an interesting concept for me to get. and Because to be delusional is just simply to misconceive, to misinterpret, to just misunderstand. And our, our frame of reference is skewed. Mine was. And, you know, even Einstein, he changed the world by suggesting that one's frame of reference the frame of reference of the observer, where I stood as a compulsive reader when I came here, that frame of reference, that changed my reality. And Einstein asked, you know, he said, he had this experiment, if you were on a train moving at a consistent rate of speed and from from your open window you let a stone drop into the embankment, you would notice that it descended in a straight line. Yet if you were someone not on the train you know, on the embankment watching the very same action, someone watching from a footpath outside the train, you would see the stone fall in a curving motion, in a parabolic curve, he called it. Whose reality was right? Both. Einstein said both realities were right because both each person viewed it from their own frame of reference. So the observer, where the observer stands. So where are you standing? Are you on the embankment, watching? Someone else do the actions, take the steps? Then just the very nature of what you observe, not having experienced it, your reality is correct. It's true to you. Not gonna get you recovered, but it's true. Yet someone who has crossed the bridge to this recovered state they also see it in a different manner because their frame of reference is different now they've been changed by the grace of God I've been changed doesn't it's not a judgment of who if you're on the train are you better than the person on the embankment that sees it from their frame of reference no not at all there's no moral judgment in that but rest assured my frame of reference sitting on the sidelines it was true to me what I saw was my reality And so I continue to do what I always did and I continue to get what I always received. And that wasn't recovery. Once I got on the train, so to speak, and I crossed the bridge that God did that for me, my frame of reference is different now. I've experienced something different. Both our frame of references are true. They're our our reality. But the actions change that. With that, I'll pass. Thanks.
0: Thank you, Larry K. Uh, Dorita P. Please go ahead.
10: Thank you. Thank you so much for your service. My name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a compulsive overeater, and really grateful to be here. Um, I want to welcome the newcomers. Uh, you're the most important people here on the line. Um, yeah, uh, most of us were unwilling to admit we were re- real alcoholics, real compulsive overeaters. I, um, you know, I, I had a little problem when I first came in back in 1999. I had a little problem with the word um, compulsive overeater. I guess I, I guess um, in the back of my mind I, I knew what it meant, but I was acting as if, I didn't know what the word meant or that it wasn't me. Um, But so uh, I had a problem with, like I said, the word compulsive overeater and that the problem is a disease or illness. I had problems with all all of those terms. But, you know, I said, okay, well, whatever you all call, you know, not being able to stop eating, that's me. and um, so I'm just uh, grateful. And uh, this idea that somehow, someday, we will control and enjoy our drinking was the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. Yeah, that was me with my diets. You know, I knew that my diets were temporary, so I knew that I could uh, always uh, go back. Um, and it was it was crazy because... Um, I would go on these diets and lose the weight and be baffled that I gained the weight back after the diet. Well, you know, if I stop eating something, if I eat salads and broccoli and stuff like that um, to lose the weight, um, and then and then I start eating chocolate and ice cream and cake, uh, you know, of course I'm going to gain the weight. But for some reason, I, you know, it was, it was like baffling to me when I would gain the weight back because I would, you know, make vows to myself that this time I'm not going to gain the weight back. So I'm just really grateful. I, I know I'm a compulsive overeater. And, you know, for me, it's, and I'm sure for all of us who are recovered, that, you know, it's freeing. It's very freeing. You know, I know what I am. I know what I can eat. I know what's not good for me to eat. And I'm grateful that now I know. Before I didn't know. Um, I shared earlier in the week that I broke my foot, so I'm I'm laying up here with my foot elevated. You know, I'm I'm you know I had to come to realize or come to accept that I am disabled. But I just want to say that um, you know, as far as the food goes, my food is good. In fact, my food may be even better now. Um, but I'm grateful. You know, I have people calling and what can I bring you? You, you know. My family are, you know, I come from a family of compulsive readers. So when somebody gets sick, you know, the first thing they want to bring you is food. And I said, well, no. Uh, They, they're like, well, what are you eating? I said, you know, I'm grateful that I'm able to eat the same food that I've been eating. I said, my mom is, you know, going back and forth to the grocery store for me. Thank, thank you. And so with that, I'll pass. And thank you for the newcomers being here. Take care. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Dorita P. Harlan G., please go ahead.
5: Thank you very much, Kathy, and thank you to Team Friday for making this great meeting so possible. Um, I'm Harlan G. I'm a recurred compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. And from the moment I was born, the world looked at me and I looked at the world And the world looked at me and wondered, why in the name of God is this boy eating so much? And I looked at them and wondered, why, how in the name of God can these people avoid eating so much? How in the world is it possible that they have this Lake Michigan amount of willpower that allows them to eat two cookies and say, oh, these are too sweet. I don't want any more. Or how is it that they can open up an almond joy bar and split it with somebody and not say a thing of it? Because I couldn't do that. I could not function at that level with food. That the food was doing something for me that it didn't seem to do for them. And it says here that the idea that somehow, someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the great obsession of every abnormal drinker. I'll tell you exactly where I got that idea. From every adult, every doctor, every dentist, every parent of a friend, every teacher, every, everybody in my environment told me that once I got down to a certain weight, I would be fine. And in my mind, the word fine meant that I would not have to think about food or control my food or worry about how much food I was eating ever again. That's what I mistakenly conceived that they were telling me. The persistence of this illusion, what's an illusion? Illusion is a delusion. It's a mirage. It's something that appears real but is not. It's astonishing. Many pursue it to the gates of insanity or death i pursued it to the gates of insanity or death i was 335 pounds as a senior in high school by the time i graduated college i was 600 pounds and i was to get heavier than that we learned that we had a fully conceived to our innermost self that we were alcoholics. What is an alcoholic? What is a compulsive overeater? We hear that term every day. A compulsive overeater is a human being afflicted with a permanent allergy to certain foods and that allergy is an adverse abnormal reaction causing an actual physical craving for more of the same and a twist of the mind that when the emotions build up, will drive me irresistibly against my will into the arms of that food, which I admit is injurious, but I cannot tell the truth from the false. And this allergy of the body is arrestable through the cessation of consumption, and the and the mental twist is only... Uh, only um, Able to conceive, excuse me, not conceive, is only able to, I'm able to function with it. I'm not thinking clearly this morning. I'm on my way to Little Rock, Arkansas to do Big Book. It's only, it's only relievable through a spiritual experience, spiritual awakening as the result of the steps. And my ability to observe the doctor's opinion will mark the urgency with which I will work the rest of the steps. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you.
7: Thank you, Harlan G. Jackie B. Go ahead, please. Press star one, Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie B. From uh, the Bronx. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you. Um, hi, I'm a compulsive eater and recover- recovered. Recovered. Today, one day at a time. Um uh the idea that somehow someday he will control and enjoy his drinking is the greatest obsession of every abnormal drink drinker. That's the one I highlighted, which is what everybody else and I identified so much with everybody that shared um and will share. Uh, it's funny, I read this chapter last night with my sponsee and she says that she you know, she wonders about that, and I said, and she said, "What do I think about it?" And I said, "You know what? once I'm a pickle, I can't go back to being a cucumber, and I've come to that you know understanding today, no matter what, where, how, if, when thing, I will never, ever be a normal eater, and I'm okay with that today." I know, and I'm grateful that I know I'm a compulsive overeater. It takes out the stress of trying to manipulate, twist, change, uh, being able to uh, fit my life into everybody else's. You know, today I live. I be. I'm part of events, but I also know who I am. Um, I. You know, I'm going to meet my cousins I haven't seen in several years, and they said, "Oh, you want to have a? We're going to have a barbecue at my house." And I did not flinch once because I said, "Wow, great! I'll bring my food. We'll put it on the barbecue. We'll be good." That is so grateful. Grateful that I know who I am and that I'm going to be able to be present for people, places, and things for this recovery, for life, for everything now. Because once I admit that I cannot eat certain foods no matter what, then I take them out, then I can be present. Yes, sometimes fears comes up, sometimes anxiety, fear, everything comes up. But you know what? I can face it. Because the food is not in the equation. Life is in the equation. My higher power is in my equation. Recovery, calling other people, asking for help, asking for advice. That's in my equation today. So with that, I am so grateful. I thank everybody for this service, and thank you for being my lifeline today. Have a lovely day. And with that, I pass.
0: Thank you, Jackie B. Who would like to share Melissa C, Anna M, no, yes. Roz no, W, no, yes. w. Roz, Elaine Roz, B, B. Roz, W. B. Okay, Roz, B. Um, let me tell you who I heard. I know I missed some people. Charles S, Melissa C, Elaine B, Roz R. Who else did I miss? Kevin B, John. Yeah. Anna
11: M, Anna M.
0: Okay, I heard somebody with the last name starting with P. Who was that?
12: Is it Debbie P.?
0: Debbie P., okay. Yes.
12: Okay. Kathy
13: R.? Anna okay.
0: M. I have you, Anna. Um, okay. For w. Here's who I have. Charles S., Melissa C., Elaine B., Roz R., Anna M., Debbie P., and Kathy... What was your last initial, please? Was there a
7: Kathy who said they wanted to share?
0: Okay, um, let's begin then with Charles H. Please go ahead, Charles.
14: Thank you, Kathy, for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. The persistence of this illusion is astonishing. Um, my drinking career has been characterized by vain attempts to prove we could drink like other people. Um, yeah, this is this is this is great. Me tightening the screws for someone that really, you know, even if even forget that willingness stuff, and you know, forget that. You know, I, I thank my higher power for waking me up today because I'm a newcomer today. I've never been here before. So if we look at it from that aspect, all that stuff I did yesterday and all that glaze and all that, yeah, I'm, I'm recovered and I'm I'm flying around the world. If you don't do the same thing today, you ain't recovered, right? So, you know, everybody's a newcomer today. Nobody ever been here before. And if I follow this prescription, take my medicine, I'm going to be all right. I, I'm never good. I'm going to be all right. I'm just keeping it that humble. And, and and this page 30 is tight, and the school's over it, and that's why everybody want to, you know, talk about it. And, and people are excited that they're actually living today. You know I, I you know what I found out? That, you know, I don't have to judge myself by overbooking. If I go to work and, and stay absent and away from my substances, I think that's enough for me because I, I, cause when I stay less busy, I can see the disease coming. I, I just got to stay away from my substances and, and those behaviors, right? Because the delusion that I'm like other people has to be smashed. I'm not normal when it comes to um certain substances. And, you know, when, when I space my day out and I don't be, you know, thinking about what I, I – don't think about what I have to say anymore. And, and for people that, that be like, oh, why you don't talk online every day? Because God's doing a different thing in me today. God's like, don't waste your time trying to get your three minutes of fame, and that's just me. But I listen every day because I have to take my medicine. I am not normal when it comes to eating, so I have to do this. I, if I if I didn't have to do this, believe me, I would. I got other things to be doing, but I want to get on living, so I have to understand and I have to fully concede to my innermost self that I'm a real compulsive reader. I'm not saying that to be. I don't want to be a compulsive reader. But it is what it is, so I'm gonna do what I gotta do. And with that I pass, so I'll let everybody else wrap.
0: Thank you, Charles H. Melissa C, please go ahead.
15: Hi, good morning, Kathy. It's Melissa C.
7: Am I able to be heard? Yes, Melissa.
15: Oh, okay, thank you. Um, yeah, Alyssa see recovered compulsive overeater in New York and um you know yeah when I when I read this it's no I did not want to be different from others you know I, I always felt different and apart from you know I'd see my weight though as the obstacle you know that was the um that was the visible visual mark that I was different you know and in my mind less than and noticeably flawed you know and Um, I certainly couldn't hide this from myself or others, you know. um, My 300-pound-plus body was the cause of all my problems, you know, and that's what I thought because if I could just look normal, then I would be the same as everyone else. Um, You know, I didn't know or want to know that I was different mentally, you know. um, No wonder I made diets, my God, you know, because if I could stick to a diet like everyone else, then I could get thin like everyone else and I can control and enjoy my eating like everyone else. Or so I thought, you know, and the other thing that grabbed me was the word vain, you know, that the countless vain attempts and, you know, vain has two meanings, you know, and, and for me here, they both apply, you know, one vein is excessively obsessed with the appearance of things, a high opinion of an appearance or obsessed with, what something is worth and um, and the other meaning of vain is producing no results. You know, so my, in my attempts, they were the embodiment of my vain self. You know, I was focused on my looks and appearance
2: um, and that
15: had no result, you know? So every diet that focused on getting me to look, um, my appearance to be fixed um, was vain and, and every diet that I went on, was vain because it didn't work, you know. And so, um, what I really had to come to accept was my mental <laughs> difference. That that and the diet never fixed your brain, you know. And um, so, what I needed was a transformation. I needed my brain refixed. I needed a um, a new personality. And um, thank you. So glad to know that. With that, I'll pass.
7: Thank you, Melissa C. Elaine B. Please go ahead. Thanks so much for your
16: service, Kathy. Oh boy, do I love
7: this!
16: Um, do I love this this chapter? And it's amazing to me how many times I read this chapter, and I began to understand my disease. I began to understand my hopelessness and my powerlessness. But you know what? I wasn't ready. It's like my very first OA meeting, I went in and they said, blah, 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 no flour, no sugar, blah, 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 no sugar, blah, 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 no sugar. like they were speaking a different language. I guess I wasn't ready for it. So I put down the sugar for two months. I'm like, I got this. Yeah, I got this in a 100-pound extra weight body. You know, I did lose some weight when I put down the sugar, but I picked it back up as soon as I went back out. And so... I don't know. I read this and read this and read this. But it wasn't until I came to this room so maybe I was ready or maybe my, my blind eyes were, were made to see and my deaf ears were made to hear the message. And I thank God for the rooms of OA that kept my heart pumping and kept me alive and kept me somewhat within some boundaries. But I did not get this, that the great obsession of every abnormal drinker is that someday somehow I will control and enjoy my drinking. You know, I think of an alcoholic. You know, oh, boy, oh, boy, you know, it's so easy for them because they put down their, their liquor. And, uh, yeah, but they drink all the time. They drink water. They drink tea. They drink soda. They drink all the time. And they have safety in those parameters. I needed to find the way that I have safety in my parameters by finding out about the allergy of the body the obsession of the mind is a greater aspect of my disease, but the allergy of the body was something that I just didn't get. I didn't realize that I when I picked up popcorn <laughs> and started committing it more and more often and my my food sponsor, my OA sponsor bristled a little bit and so I just started lying and said it was vegetables. You know? I thought I could it was my obsession, control and enjoy my um, popcorn. But you know what? I couldn't because it led to more. It led to this. It led to that. Then we'd have a war over a glass of wine. And you know what? The disease went out because it's cunning and it's baffling and it's powerful. And I'm like, you know, it's weight and measured. It's part of my committed food plan. Doesn't matter. Drag me out the door, got my face in the dirt. But it made me awake. It made me aware. It made me realize how powerful this disease was. That I was absolutely beyond human aid, beyond sponsors, beyond food plans, beyond anything. I need divine inter- intervention, and I found it in these depths. And I'm so grateful for this room, this uh, this this, uh, this fellowship, my higher power, and this precious book, and the data task.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Elaine B. Roz R., please go ahead.
17: Hi Kathy, can I be heard?
0: Yes, you can.
17: Okay. Um, my name is Roz R and I'm a, a, I'm a I am a recovered compulsive overeater, which I never thought I would see the day to say. Um, thank you for your service, Kathy. Um, I love this uh, this chapter. I am so I am so relating to everything. Um, that was me. No person likes to think he's bodily, mentally different than fellows. I really, I mean, I've, I've been in program over 35 years. Um, I really believed that I was different than everybody. I really thought that I didn't believe God could really do, remove defects. I mean, I didn't believe any of that. I went for the diet. I went for the, you know, to be with people because I was so isolated in my own world that the only time I was with people was when I went to a meeting. And then I didn't have relationships with people. Um, because as soon as I left, I was alone again. Um, I didn't have a relationship with God. I didn't even believe that there was such a thing that was possible. All I know is what drove me into um, working this program the way that it is being taught or being educated to us by Vision Sponsors in this meeting um, brought me. I brought, was brought here on my knees by my by um, my emotional breakdown. Um, it wasn't even I, I've been carrying you know a normal body weight. Um, it didn't matter. my life was totally out of control and insane. Um, the thing, you know, there's so many things in here I wanted to say um, relating to this, but what I really want to say is, you know I never I never liked sponsoring people that I hated. I hated because you can't give what you don't have. and I would just you know talk the talk, but I am so amazed at watching the transition in the girls that I'm sponsoring. It's, it, it it leaves me in awe, and it's like on bad days when I feel like oh, I have you know I'm not in the mood for this or I don't have anything to give. You know, it's amazing. It's like they carry me. They picked up this program. They picked up God. They picked up the spirituality of this program, and it's so beautiful. I am so moved by the change in my life. And and sometimes when things happen, when I'm very overwhelmed. Um, and I feel like I'm going to die from the pain inside of me. It's so amazing because you know, I do what I'm told to do. I talk to recovered people, and they don't tell me how to fix my problems. They show me how to use the tools in this book, how to go back to these chapters. And, and things are removed you know, in a timely way, not always in my way. But um, this, is, this is an amazing book. And, and the truth is, and I'll finish up, you know, we have to fully concede in our innermost selves that we are alcoholics. You know, we the the way we used to think and believe has to be smashed. And I loved what someone said about when something is smashed, it can't be put back together. I know now, you know, and I'm I'm crying because my life has changed so much, and I'm so grateful. So um, I just want people to know that you know, if they ever need to have a call or make a call for support, I am always there. I will always return phone calls. I love. What I have been given. I love the people that I talk to um, and I am just filled with gratitude and thanks Kathy Cram for being one of those supports and I will. Thank
0: you Roz or Anna M please go ahead.
11: Good morning everyone and thank you for your service. This is Anna M from New Haven, Connecticut a recovered compulsive eater And what struck me with this reading, which is step one, the part where it says the sentence that has a great truth to it, many pursue it into the gates of insanity or death. And for me, I don't know about anybody else, but I'm a frequent flyer. I I was in, well, I've been in OA for over 20 years, so for me, I didn't understand it initially because many of the OA meetings that I had gone to for years and years weren't healthy, meaning that there wasn't a lot of recovery. And so for me, I want to say thank you to A Vision for You for giving me the the truth about what I am and who I am. And also, what I got from being on this line for so many years, or it's almost, I think, three years, is that... A sentence out of the first step reads, it was then discovered that when one alcoholic had planted in the mind of another the true nature of his malady, that person could never be the same again. And for me, I'm not the same. The delusion that we are like other people or presently maybe has to be smashed. So, you know, I want to just say thank you to everybody on this line, even the people that don't share don't get a chance to share that you're we're all here and this is just the truth about what i am and i'm very grateful for that awareness today because uh, you know i could have died from this disease multiple times but thank you god thank you god and thank you god i'm still here and i appreciate everyone and so with that I, i'll pass thank you so much
0: thank you anna m Debbie P., please
12: go ahead. Good morning, Kathy. Thank you so much for your service. And it's a Debbie T as in tree. Oh, sorry,
0: Debbie. Oh, hey. no
12: worries. Don't apologize. Um, so good morning. Good morning, family. And, man, are you guys bringing it this morning? I'm about to jump out of my seat. Um, step one, this is it. Um, I... Uh, for years, in my experience with this, I, I just wanted to eat normal. I, I didn't care how much I weighed at that point. At, at the point of, of truly serenity or everything, I didn't care anymore. I just didn't want what I had. Um, I I didn't understand it. I didn't know why I was binging. I researched forever. I mean, I've spent so many hours and so many much money on books. And what do I have? Why do I have it? What is going on? And so, man, I just want to take this time to talk to newcomers, too. Um, It's we do whatever, whatever we can, whenever we can, however we can to eat normally, right? No. Like, put the Brussels sprouts down. It doesn't matter what the food is to me. Um, It didn't matter anymore. I finally, by God's blanket grace alone, was that moment given to me where I flirted with Brussels sprouts. Where I flirted with roasted turkey, um, these things that people can eat that are compulsive overuse. But for me, it looked different, um, and so that was step one. That okay, I okay if I put it down, like if I stop controlling and flirting, and I'm just done. Okay, I'm not ever going to eat normal again, um, and that's a hard pill to swallow. Like that, it's food. It's what we do every day. It's how we survive. That's a hard pill to swallow. Of, of you're never going to eat normal again. Um, and for that that day, um, when I put that last thing down, and it was Brussels sprouts, it wasn't a cupcake, um, it wasn't a big tub of ice cream as Brussels sprouts, that I could give everything I could to this program, give everything to, that I could to God, and like like the couple shares this morning, there's freedom, and I know newcomers, it doesn't look like it, because you're like, what? If I can't eat normal for the rest of my life, that's not. There is freedom because I no longer have to control. I no longer have to flirt. Um, my food is my food, and it's, it's nutritious, and I move on in service. I move on in loving my children. I move on in serving others, um, loving my family. They get me back, um, and I don't have to um, have those tears anymore of I'll never be a normal eater again. Um because that's a hard pill to swallow, God comes in. I just had to take step one. I had to put it down. I had to understand that the allergy, that I didn't get to pick this, um, I gave step one, and that was it. The rest of it is God. Um, the rest of it, like, like if I could speak in, it's not that hard. The rest of it, once you truly understand um, that allergy and that mental twist, um, in a way that it doesn't matter what it looks like. Like, don't uh, try to understand the process of it. Like some people say, just give it up. Um, God comes in and takes over what you cannot do. Um, in, in my life, and in my, that's what's happened to me. And, and so I can only speak that out and say, man, it, it, it can happen to you too. Um, so, you know, I don't know where my time is. I'm sorry, but, you know. Time. Um, okay. Oh, thank you so much, guys. I love you all. Have a beautiful day. Without a pass.
0: Thank you, Debbie T. And our final share will be from Kathy R. If you could take two minutes, Kathy, that would be great. Are you there?
13: This is Kathy R. Can I be heard?
0: Yes. Thank you, Kathy.
13: Great. Glad I squeaked in on this Friday. Um, thank you for everybody sharing. I'll keep it very brief. I just wanted to say when I always read this part of the big book, I never have a problem. I, From my very first meeting many, many years ago, I never, ever balked at the term compulsive overreader. I identified it immediately. I understood I was one of us. I had no doubt in my mind. Where I went wrong was I didn't think I needed to do the solution the same way the rest of you did. I thought I could pick and choose. I thought I could make this a cafeteria plan. I thought I could go to meetings, which I did, and I got a lot of physical recovery. I thought I could have a sponsor, take out a sponsor when I wanted to, do it when I wanted to, how I wanted to, not take advice necessarily. Um, What that got me was a lot of weight loss very quickly and uh, not much else. And my recovery was not on a solid foundation. Fast forward um, 25 years of relapse and I'm back. And I'm very grateful. My sponsor this time, um, I decided to listen to her. And one of the things she did was give me this phone number. And this has become a daily practice for me, calling into both meetings and listening and hearing what the real recovery is and following the steps, working the steps, working through the big book, taking on, um, you know, I have a sponsee, I have a different approach to my recovery today, and for that I'm very grateful. Thank you all.
0: Thank you, Kathy R. And now it's time to close this first hour of the meeting. Thank you everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The SHARE ID for today's 7 a.m. meeting, April 21st, is 9862. We will now close with the reading from the Big Book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Uh, Linda R., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
18: Yes, Kathy. Good morning. This is Linda R., recovered in South Florida.